إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الآخرين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى آله الأطهار وعلى أصحابه الأخيار وعلى أتباعه الأبرار إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذين تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعض فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وإن خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وإن شر الأمور لمحدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار when we were learning how to pray and we were studying the fiqh of prayer and the book came to the description of the tahiyat, you know, what you say before you exit the prayer and we all, you know, this is basic stuff but the, the, what we say in that mode when we are kneeling before we do the salam is we say at lillahi and then the teacher would always stop and he would say notice that when you say that that you are speaking directly to the Prophet because this is the kaf al-mukhatab this is the letter kaf indicating that you are directly speaking to somebody who is alive like when you say plural this is the calf of the mukhatab. You are using this because you are greeting, so you walk in, you, know, you stand up to say the khutbah, Assalamu Alaikum. I'm here, you're here, Assalamu Alaikum. And in the tahiyat, you say, Assalamu Alaikum, Ayyuhan Nabi. The teacher would always pause to remind us that in that moment, you are directly speaking to the Prophet. And then he would go on to say that the Prophet is alive, not dead. As a matter of fact, all of the prophets are alive. 
and many of the hadith masters compiled the hadith that indicate and remind us like for example the hadith of the Isra and the Ma'raj the Prophet ﷺ said when I was in Jerusalem I saw Moses praying in his grave by the red sand dune and the Kathib al-Ahmar and if you were with me I would have shown him to you and then the teacher would go on to remind us that that's what Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran don't say that those who have died in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are dead. They are alive, but you do not perceive it. You do not feel it. After the battle of Badr, after the victory of the battle of Badr, the, after the Prophet buried those of the companions that passed away, he turned to the grave where the Qurayshis were and he said, have you found what your Lord promised you to be true? Because I have found what Allah has promised me to be true. And the other companion said, Ya Rasulullah, what are you doing? You're speaking to the grave. And the Prophet said, oh, they can hear me. They can hear me just like you can hear me, but they can't respond. And then the teacher goes on to remind us that what we believe about life and death, sometimes it needs to be uh, fine-tuned mm -hmm. because death is not the end of life in our belief. I mean, death is death, of course, from a clinical and biological point of view. But from a faith point of view, and sometimes our definitions are not the same, death is not the end of life, but the moving of one mode of living to another mode of living. All of this from this one letter in the prayer, something that we do all the time, every day. And then the teacher would go on further to say, and this is why we do not say that the Prophet ﷺ died, but rather we say, He has moved to the highest levels of heaven, out of respect and adab to the Prophet ﷺ. Now you might think, okay, what's the big deal? Okay, we understand, we know that, sort of we know that. You know, why, why is your teacher making a big deal about these small things? Because what I want to talk about today is the significance of that belief in our individual life. How do we develop a personal relationship with the Prophet And this is a, a larger topic than you know, I can do justice in the, in the khutbah. But because tomorrow is the 12th of Rabi' al-Awwal, the day in which we celebrate the birth of the Prophet continuing with the theme of the Prophet in this blessed month of Rabi' al-Awwal, how do we develop a personal relationship. You know, the companions, they many of them were close to the Prophet. They would see him every day. They would wake up, you know, leave their house in Medina, go about doing their business, and the chances are that they would see him, that they would interact with him. That he went to the market to get something, or he was helping somebody out, or he and during the prayer time in the mosque, they would get together. They could see him. So they had a personal relationship. This is not a fictional figure. This is a real person whose description, as we said last week, is so enshrined in our literature that were we to take this description to a forensic expert, they could draw exactly how the Prophet ﷺ looked. So they were blessed because they had this personal relationship. If they had a question, they asked him. If they had a concern, they went to him. If they were upset, they went to him and he calmed them. If there was a dispute, he would solve the dispute. He was their leader. 
He was their judge. He was their mufti. He was the commander in chief. He was the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But don't think that because we were not, or we are not amongst those people, that that somehow doesn't apply to us, that we can't have a relationship with the Prophet But you have to understand this belief first, that when you do this prayer, that you remind yourself in the tahiyyat, that you are speaking directly to the Prophet What does he tell us about that? He tells us, for example, None of you send your salams to me except that I hear it and that I respond. So the companion said, you know, is this for like us only? Because, you know, we see you. How about after you pass and we pass? And then the Prophet said, Allah has forbidden the earth from decomposing the bodies of the prophets. <coughs> Meaning that this is for all time. That you say one time, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. And imagine and reflect on the fact that he has by name responded to you, Wa alayka salam. As if the companions, when they would see him throughout their day to day life, they would say, Assalamu alaykum ya Rasulullah, and he would respond and he would say, Wa alaykum as salam. That you are in dialogue with the Prophet. One of the companions, he, he, he encountered the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, You know, you're like glowing. Literally, so the hadith says, You're like glowing. You know, more than your usual self, you're smiling, you're all happy. Why are you so happy? He's like, how can I not be happy when Gabriel has informed me that whoever sends their salams on me, look, look at this hadith, these four things happen. Whenever anyone sends their salam on me, this hadith is narrated in the Muslim of Imam Ahmad, Ibn Hanbal radiallahu anhu. When anyone sends their salams upon me, Allah Ta'ala sends 10 salams on them. So you say, Allah, I ask you to send your prayers and your salutations on Muhammad. And then Allah does that for you by name tenfold. They are raised 10 stations. They are given 10 rewards and they are forgiven 10 sins. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's all by saying it once. If you just say it one time. So the Prophet says, you know, this is, this is like uh, easy, easy religion, right? This is easy stuff. Does it cost you to say that? You have to be some special person. As a matter of fact, when you read in fiqh, you know, one of the preconditions for almost everything in fiqh is Islam. What's, what's the precondition for praying? You got to be a Muslim first. And you, meaning you have, to be a, you have to believe in this for everything else to make sense, except the prayer on the Prophet They say that the Prophet is so great, is so awesome, is so massive, that anybody who says prayers on the Prophet, it is accepted and they are rewarded for it There is no precondition, meaning Allah is removing these barriers between you and the Prophet. Think about how many of us, unfortunately, people have placed barriers between us and our religion, between us and God, between us and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala warns these people in the Qur'an that they block our path to God. They block our efforts, they block our, our path, our way, our walking, our running, our pleading, they block it for us. 
And they repel us away from religion. They repel us away from the Quran. And they repel us away from the Sunnah. But look what the Prophet himself said. By saying Salat and Salam on the Prophet once, all of these things are happening to you. Which also reminds us that the prayer on the Prophet which is only one tool, I mean we could talk about other tools like following the sunnah and all of that kind of stuff, but today I'm focusing on that because I want to encourage us of the importance and remind us of the importance of saying Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad One of the famous Sahaba, Ubay ibn Ka'b anhu, he's trying to figure out his daily schedule. You know, life is busy, you gotta work, you gotta earn, uh, you have a family, you have bills to pay. You know, they had the same thing. Maybe not in the way we do it, but they had the same type of concern. He's trying to organize his day. So he went to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I decided that I can one-fourth of all of my devotional, extra devotional acts, I will dedicate to sending my prayers upon you. Is that good? And the Prophet he said, that's good. But if you did more, it would be better. So he said, okay, I think I can give you a half. Half of my extra time, half of my devotion, extra devotional stuff, I'm going to dedicate to giving my prayers on you. Is that good? He's like, that's very good. And if you do more, it would be better. So he's like, okay, I'll give you two-thirds. Two-thirds of all of my extra stuff. I can, you know, read a little bit less Quran. I can fast a little bit less and I'll pray less. All, other than the part of the prayers, I'll give you two-thirds. Is that good? He said, that's good, but if you do more, it's better. He said, I will give you all of my extra time, all of my devotion, all of my love, all of my waking moments. I will dedicate to saying prayers upon you. Will that be enough? And then the Prophet said, not only will that be enough, but Allah Ta'ala will take care of any of your needs. And because of this hadith, and all of these hadith, by the way, are all sahih. I'm not giving you any uh, weak stuff. You know, so so. This is the this is the real deal. This is Quran and Sunnah. Maybe you haven't heard it this way, but believe me, this is Quran and Sunnah. And because of this hadith, we have an entire literature that talks about all of these stories of people who are in trouble, and their way out of trouble was to say, "Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad." It was as simple as that. That they wouldn't sleep unless they did it a thousand times. That no matter how much they sinned, they knew that they were sinners, they knew that they were deficient, but their love of the Prophet ﷺ was second to none. And that is why, ultimately, that love that we have for the Prophet, peace be upon him, will lead to our salvation. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever says the salat on me, it is incumbent that they will have my intercession on the Day of Judgment. In Sahih Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when you hear the Mu'addin, repeat what he says, and then send prayers on me, and then ask Allah Ta'ala to give me the Shafa'ah, and it will be given to you, meaning that he will intercede on our behalf. You know, who are we going to need on that day? On that day when even the pregnant woman, Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran, will miscarriage. When even a child will go to their parents and the parent will say, I don't have time for you. I mean, when those of us that have children, there's nothing that we would do. There is nothing that we, would, we, we wouldn't do for our children. 
You would take a bullet for your child. You would stand in front of a bus for your child. You would throw yourself on the train tracks for your child without even thinking. Now imagine that, that relationship on that day, Allah Ta'ala says it's going to be so intense that all you can think about is yourself. It's a great day. But then who comes to the rescue? Sayyidina Muhammad And who is that rescue going to be for? Us who love him and who hold to him and remind ourselves always, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. No matter how short we are, no matter how deficient we are, no matter how, how much we sin, no matter how much we forget, no matter how much evil we think is in us, then that act alone will save us yawm al-qiyamah. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, those of you that are closest to me, yawm al-qiyamah, are those of you that send prayers on me often. I mean, look at all these incentives. You know, this is a, a good deal. This is a good deal. Those of you that are closest to me, yawm al-qiyamah, are those of you that send prayers upon me often, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are the Ummah of Muhammad We are the Ummah, we are the nation of love. Tomorrow, today, tomorrow, this whole month, the whole Muslim world, the whole Muslim world is celebrating this, this gift that we have been given. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Indeed, I have been sent as a merciful gift, a gift of love, a gift of mercy. That we have been given an insan al kamil, the perfect human being. In perfect indeed, you are upon a vast character. Meaning that not only was his character good, he is the definition of good character. He is the definition of balance. He is the definition of love. He is the definition of mercy. And how lucky we are to be of this community. The community of the beloved of Allah Ta'ala Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this has gendered, uh, engendered for our community over history, you know, almost an upset. We are obsessed with the Prophet There is nothing about the Prophet that we don't know, that we don't love, that we don't hold to, whether it's the hadith that we have verified, whether it's artifacts of the Prophet that are spread throughout museums around, around the Muslim world. Stories, descriptions, his footprint that you find in different places in the Muslim, all of these things is out of our love and our need of the Prophet. <laughs> How else would we worship Allah if we didn't have this guidance? How would we know what to do, when to do it? How are you going to get unstuck when you're stuck? How are you going to get out of that funk? How are you going to do that? Well, we have something called the Sunnah. We, have, we know how to do that. We know what he said about these things. So when we understand this rationally, how could you not but sort of, you know, kind of emotionally just give all of yourself to the Prophet Like Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu anhu. You don't have to do all of your, you know, days. I mean, that was, that's an extreme, not an extreme, that's the wrong word. That is a, a, a large show of devotion. But certainly we can give 5% of our empty moments in the day to say Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. We can give five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the afternoon. Certainly we can do that. And if you do that, it will transform you. Not only will it transform you, it will guide you. 
It will guide you because when you remember something often, you become obsessed with that thing. You become focused on that thing. You know, in self-help, that's one of the things that they teach you is that when you focus on something, then all of your energy subconsciously is going to go towards that. You know, when you want to buy a new, the famous example, you want to buy a new car. You know, I want to buy a, a van, let's say. And then for the next month, all I see is that van that I want to buy. It's not like that van all of a sudden appeared out of nowhere. But because you're focused on it, your subconscious is now seeking it out. There's a secular example. I, you know, it, 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 it happens. You know what I'm, I'm talking I'm not talking about the creepy ads on social media that you were talking about something at dinner and then you see that ad. I'm not talking about that. That's a little bit different. That's not your subconscious. Somebody's trying to sell you something. But I'm talking about when you focus on something yourself, you start to see it. Now imagine if you focus on something like the Prophet ﷺ. With all of the things that we've been talking about. And you increase that focus. You know, that's going to be your touchstone. That's where you're going to go back to when you're lost. That's going to be your port in the storm. That's going to be your anchor in this crazy world. It's going to be that even-keeled person that was a manifestation of divine mercy, love, and beauty. Even his enemies loved him. Even his enemies admitted that he was fair and honest and just. The people that described him told us how beautiful he looked. How radiant was his smell, how clean were his clothes, how polite was his discourse, mm. how safe people were in his presence. All of the things that, honestly, we wish we could have. Don't we wish we could be safe with one another when we talk to somebody? Don't we wish that when we leave our homes in the morning or go to work or school, that we are safe, that we're not going to be bullied, that we're not going to get picked on, that we're not going to have somebody that feels this feeling that somebody's out to get us? But even the enemies of Islam, amongst the Quraysh, knew that if they went to the Prophet they would be safe. And that's how we read, oh, how do you think Khalid ibn Walid was able just to walk into Medina one day and go straight to the mosque and sit with the Prophet and, and profess his Islam. You know, this is like public enemy number one, you know, a leader of the Quraysh army that was lead, a general that was leading battles against Medina. He just walks into Medina one day, goes straight to the mosque and hangs out with the Prophet ﷺ because they knew that they were going to be safe. So when you, when you think about this, this is why the salawat is important because the more you do it, the more your relationship with the Prophet ﷺ will be personal. The more that you will think about him in those moments in which you need to think about him, the more that that prayer will guide you, the more that that prayer will save you, the more that that prayer will will release that mercy and that love of that which you are remembering, it will be released on you, insha'Allah. All of that from one letter, the kaf. In assalamu alayka ayyuhal nabi, aqulu qawli hadha, wa astaghfirullahu li wa lakum tastaghfiruhu inna wa huwa al-fakhuru أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا وقرة أعيننا سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Some of the announcements in, in no particular order. 
brother, uh, Muhammad Karama's father, is, uh, is in the hospital in uh, Kenya. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of all of those that are sick. And also, brother Sheikh Hamid is also uh, in the hospital as well. Here, he's been in the hospital for the last few days. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the infinite blessings of this month and of this day, may they be healed, inshallah, from their, from their sickness. And may all of those who are suffering be healed. And all of those who have passed, may Allah ta'ala descend upon their graves with his mercy and his forgiveness, inshallah. Another announcement, which is more general, but we'll start to make it frequently, is about some environmental concerns in the mosque. So we want to do a better job of conserving water. Um, making wudu is not going to the water park. Okay, it's not splish splash. It's not supposed to be like that. So one day I'm gonna, I have actual cup, a model of the exact cup that the Prophet used for wudu and ghusl. I'll bring it in one day and that'll be the challenge. We'll, we'll, we'll challenge ourselves that we have to be able to make wudu with that amount of water. So when you go into the bathroom to do your thing and to make wudu, conserve water, there was a man who was making wudu uh, by a river. And then the Prophet said, why are you wasting water? And he said, can you waste water if there's a river? He's like, sure. Just, just because there's water there doesn't mean that you could use it all. You have to conserve your wudu, conserve the water. Yeah. Also think about carpooling. Uh, I know that's not the Potomac way, but that's the ICCP way. So think about carpooling to the mosque. Uh, be more mindful of the recycling bins. We'll, we'll try to make the recycling bins bigger. The blue bin is not for trash, it's for recycling. It's, that's, blue is recycling. And we'll make this, you know, one time I'll hold everyone hostage in the khutbah and we'll just have a presentation on all those environmental concerns. But that's what I have for now on that. A reminder that our own mounted celebration will be on the 17th, Sunday the 17th, inshallah, at the mosque, uh, 5.30, Riyadh? 5.15, 5.15 on Sunday, November 17th, will be our mounted celebration in the mosque. Everyone is invited, inshallah. It's, you know, we usually have a good time. So please make that part of your, your schedule for the weekend. This is a, a way of us showing our happiness for the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam. There is going to be a discussion about the MCPS, Montgomery County Public School situation, and the Eid calendar on the 12th. Uh, of November at 10 o'clock mm -hmm. in the Board of Education office. So for those that can attend, that's going to be good because we're having a problem with them recognizing the Eid and testing dates and all of that. And I leave that to more experienced people to discuss. And then finally, we have SAT classes are taking place in November and December, hosted by MCMF, the Montgomery County Muslim Foundation. Uh, you need to contact them for for more information, I have the numbers, so if you're interested, see me after the, the prayer. And also, lastly, MCMF, Montgomery County Muslim Foundation, is holding a fundraiser on September, uh, November 3rd at 6.30 at the Argyle Country Club. November 23rd, Saturday, November 23rd uh, at the Argyle Country Club, inshallah. Those are the, the, the specific announcements. With that, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to in this month, help us increase our personal relationship with the Prophet uh, There is no, I, when I was uh, studying, uh, I was, I remember I was always overloaded with all of the information. I mean, when you study with people that know what they're doing, it's, it's very, I mean, I, I never, I, I said to myself, I'll never be like these people. This is too much to learn. There's too many books to read. There's too many sciences. And then one day I stumbled on this book which actually I had in my library, but I never read. I stumbled on this book about 
40 hadith of the greatness of the Prophet and that book really changed my life because I realized that, that that fundamentally changed my relationship with my faith. It made everything easier. It made everything personal. It made the Prophet something living for me, something that I can live with, every, a person that I can live with, that I can converse with, that I have a relationship with. And from that day forward, everything changed for me. And I realized that the people that guide the community to love of the Prophet are the people that we need more of. Those are the people that you need in your life. These are the people that do not block you from your religion, but, but take you to your religion. So I hope that inshallah we can be amongst those people. I hope that the Prophet becomes a living example for us, somebody that we can converse with, somebody that we can love, somebody that we can dedicate our devotional acts to uh, as a way of improving ourselves and lifting ourselves. So I hope in this month we have that transformation inshallah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our community, to have mercy on those who have passed before us, to protect our children, to protect our businesses, and to protect our, our mosque and our, the greater community. We ask Allah ta'ala to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters wherever they are suffering, the Syrian people, the, the Uyghurs in China, the Kashmiris, all of the people, the Rohingya, all of them that are suffering. We ask Allah ta'ala by the greatness of the Prophet may their suffering be alleviated in this month, inshallah, may they be lifted out of their misery, out of their poverty, out of their injustice, inshallah. اللهم انقلنا من دائرة سخطك إلى دائرة رضاك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك واحشرنا تحت نواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة اللهم اسقنا من يده الشريفة شربة ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم دخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب اللهم متعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم فاللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا آمين 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 وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتاب المؤمنين الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن